Well, good morning, church. We are so glad you guys are joining us. We hope you, you enjoyed our, have been enjoying our service so far. And, and thanks for joining us online. We, we hope everybody has had a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends. And however you maybe chose to celebrate Thanksgiving this year, we hope you had a great time. Um, we are in a series called We Are the Church. And in this series, we're, we're talking about who we want to be as grace. Who, who do we want to be um, and as grace? We, we live by a, a statement of we want to help people discover truth. And once they've discovered truth, we, want, we hope that they would decide on Jesus. And after they put their faith and trust and hope in Jesus, that they would start to demonstrate change and also then deploy for others. And this morning, we've, we've, in this series, I guess, we've talked about discovering truth. We've talked about what it means to decide on Jesus last week. And this morning, we, as we talk about demonstrating change, there's a question I think you got to ask. How, well, how can you demonstrate change um, as, a, as a follower of Christ? And I think the answer, obviously, is, is that God is at work in our life, that we are allowing God to work on us. We're devoted to, to Him. And because of that, we, we see change start to take place in our life. As God starts molding us to become more like him, we start to change. But I think there's some things that really help. Help us in our, in our spiritually, help us to grow, help us, helps us to change. And one of those are, are, are us being connected together. And in a year like 2020, we probably understand that better this year than any other year, right? I, I was thinking about this this last week, um, the first time kind of COVID, the first go around, I guess, and where we made the decision as a church that we moved to online services, right? And we would do online only for a little period of time. And I remember coming in the, the next Sundays because we were still doing live services on Sunday morning. We were streaming those and we're, we're thankful for the ability to have technology and to stay connected and I remember coming in, it just, it, it felt fun maybe the first week because it was something exciting, it was a little bit different, but it, it eventually became like, it, it was, there's something missing because the auditorium wasn't filled, it wasn't, there wasn't people in the seats, it was completely empty, it's kind of eerie a little bit. And then there, the hallways, there wasn't just people having a great time talking, getting to know each other better, or kind of catching up what's going on in the last week. And then one of the, my favorite memories in that time frame was Easter, right? Easter's always a great Sunday for us. But Easter, we did the drive-in service out in our parking lot. Remember that? And I remember when everybody was coming in, just being able to wave and smile and see people I haven't seen, see our church family I haven't seen in a while. And it was a fun day for me. I don't know about you. It was a great time for me. Great to be able to see church family again. And it was great because I was able to do also the t go to our Tiffin Easter services for Easter at Grace, where they were doing the drive-in service as well. And it, I know it was the same thing there. Where it was just nice to be able to see people once again, be connected as a family once again. And then there was the when we finally were able to start gathering together again. And it's so unique when believers, when Christians come together to worship, to prioritize our Savior in our life. And the early church did the same thing. 
See, in Acts chapter 1, and we'll be in Acts chapter 2 this morning, but in Acts chapter 1, we're told that there's, there was around 100, there was, not around, there was 120 people that made up the church at that point in time. And then in Acts chapter 2, that's where Pentecost happens. And at Pentecost, uh, that's a, that was a festival. So it was a gathering of people. They were having a great time. And, and the disciples go out and start sharing the gospel. And 3,000 people, we're told in Scripture in Acts 2, 3,000 people made the decision to follow Jesus. And then we're going to pick up in, in verse 42, it says they, talking about just now the just over 3,000 believers that made up the church at that point, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. It keeps going. It says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all the believers were together and had all things in common. And they would sell their property and possessions and they would share them with all to the extent that anyone had a need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Notice something. That here in this passage, no one is telling them how to demonstrate change. See, they made the decision to follow Jesus. And it was a natural overflowing response in their heart to do several things, to demonstrate, one, demonstrate change, but there were several things that they were doing that I think is unique. One of those things that they started devoting their life to, to they started devoting themselves to, that I think helps us today demonstrate change is that they were devoting themselves to each other. They were devoting themselves to gathering together in verse 42, it said that they were devoted, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And then it keeps going in verse 44, and all the believers were together and they had all things in common. And they would sell their property and possessions and share them with all to the extent that anyone had a need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, they were doing church together. And breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. They saw an importance of being together, for, to gathering together. You know, one of the scariest things I, I, I think I, can, I see sometimes is when Christians start saying, I don't need to be with other Christians. When they stop gathering. When they decide, hey, I don't want to be, I don't want to do church, I, I, I don't, I don't want to. And they start saying, hey, I can just grow spiritually, I'll be fine. I can just do my own life without any help. It's a dangerous place to be for Christians to start saying that. Have you ever noticed with species, like animals, there's a term for multiple of that that, that species, that animal, for example, like lion, all right? 
lion. There's, if you, you see a bunch of lions together, somebody say, hey, look, there's the pride. Or you see a, a, a wolves running through the woods and you're trying to get somebody's attention. You say, hey, look, 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 look at the woods. There's a pack of wolves. There's a, there's a group of them together. They, they're, they, they live close together. They, they do life together. There's, there's a pack. What about sheep? Sheep. Hey, you, hey somebody needs to go and tend the, the group of sheep, the flock. Somebody needs to take care of them. And there's this one. I, I ne- didn't necessarily know that owls lived with other owls. I just didn't, never guessed that they would. I, I always see pictures of an owl just a ball by itself. But an owl, they, they have a term, parliament. I don't know. It's just parliament. I don't even know how to use that. Like there's a parliament over there. It's just weird. But what, there's crows, right? I knew this one. I, I remember learning this, but I, I've forgotten it through the years. And, and last week I, I relearned it. And, and if you see a bunch of crows flying around, and this one completely makes sense, they, they, you say, hey, the, there's the murder. That makes sense. What about vultures? That's a weird one. Vultures. There's a, there's a term for vultures living in close proximity to one another. It's called, it, it, they're called the committee. Look, there's the committee of vultures just running around, which explains almost everything that happens in Washington. <laughs> what about humans? Humans. We're animals, there's a term, right? There's a term to describe. Hey, look, there's a group of them living together. Cool. Humans, we have multiple terms to describe when we want to do life together, when we live in a close proximity to one another. You got family. You, you, have, you have community, right? You have tribe. You got team. Think about this one. You got church. See, God's plan for God's people, for those of us who have decided on Jesus, we've discovered truth and we've decided on Jesus, is to demonstrate change. One of those ways we demonstrate change is we devote ourselves to the gathering with each other. We're together. It's unique. It's powerful. So, so let me say this. If we say, hey, I love God, and I, I've heard this phrase before. I love God, but I, don't, I hate the church. I don't want to be a part of the church. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't work. It's like saying, I, I love the lion. I hate the pride. I love the wolf, but I, I, I cannot stand the pack. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. If you truly say, hey, I love God, then we should love what God loves, right? And God loves the church. It was his plan, his plan for us to gather together, to be together.
And the church, for 2,000 years, they've understood that that's God's plan for the church. And they've also understood God made a promise in Matthew 16, where, where Jesus asks the question of the disciples and says, who do you say that I am? And the disciples start answering and they're going, well, some people will say you're a teacher. And he's like, stop, stop, stop. I, I don't want to know what other people, say that, who other people say that I am. I want to know who do you guys say that I am. And Peter, he starts to talk. Remember what he said? He, he said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. Jesus, that's the correct answer. And Jesus responds where he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Jesus is not saying, hey, Peter, upon you I'm going to build my church. He's not saying, hey, uh, Peter, uh, uh, you're going to become some some pope figure over the church. He's saying, Peter, based on that declaration you just said, the context, based on the context of what you just said, the declaration that I'm the Messiah, that I'm God, that I'm the cornerstone, I'm the Savior of the world, based on that, my church will be based upon that. Nothing else. If it was based on Peter, the church would be able to be stopped. Right? Because you know what Peter goes on to do? Deny Jesus. He's not perfect. So why, when Jesus is saying, he's saying, Peter, the church will be built on me as the cornerstone. And when they decide on me, they, they made that decision. They put their faith, trust, and hope in me. There's nothing that can stop it because my plan, my plan as God, having no impossibilities, it cannot be stopped. My plan is for my people to gather together to worship me. And the church has done that for 2,000 years through great persecution and hardship. They have taken the risk because they saw the importance of being together in 35 A.D., in Acts, in Acts chapter 7, and this takes place in 35 AD, where it's where Stephen is stoned to death for his faith. He's, he's killed. He's the first martyr. 64 AD, that's where the Roman government led by Nero started capturing, torturing, and murdering Christians for their faith. And that led for that that culture that Nero started there kept going for over a hundred years to the point in 250 AD that Christians were commanded to start to uh, sacrifice to Roman gods and if they would refuse that they would be executed where in 717 there was the pact of Umar which restricted Christians from being able to do simple things like cutting their hair from carrying a sword mounting a saddle from being able to ring church bells, display crosses, or rebuild churches. To the 1600s, where the Queen of Madagascar prohibited the practice of Christianity, which resulted in over 100,000 Christians dying. 
to the point in 1917, Russia, after a political change, it resulted in over 500,000 Christians dying. To 1983, where in the Sudan, Christians were under heavy persecution, and it's estimated over 1 million Christians died. And it's estimated that even more were displaced out of it. To today, we're in Africa and in Asia. There's growing amounts of persecution, and that's not even talking about the places around our world that it is completely illegal to be a Christian. And if you found out that you are a Christian, you can face the death penalty and, and killed just because you're a Christ follower. See, we are so incredibly blessed in our country to be able to come and gather and worship God with each other. Where I think sometimes we take it for granted. We take it and we just, we just get in, the, uh, in a habit of just attending and always make it a tradition thing, but it's never been that. It's not, not about a tradition. Let's keep this going. Let's just, this is what we do as a family. No, it's about we come together to worship God. And learn more about him so we can grow together. Christianity wasn't supposed to be the safe option, the safe choice. Where it can become that for you and I sometimes. Where we, we just sit back and, and are safe Christianity and we hardly ever go and share the gospel with anybody. We, just, we don't want to get uncomfortable. Whereas other people around the world, other Christians around the world, they, they have to make decisions. They have to take risks because they understand if I identify as a Christ follower, it could mean I'm risking my life. I'm putting my, not just my life in danger. I could be putting my family's lives in danger. We got to be careful not to make Christianity just a safe choice. And, and I want to be careful too right now that I, for all those you guys may be watching online, I'm not saying, hey, if you have health issues, you got concerns with COVID, I'm not saying, hey, take a risk and come to church next week. I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, I, I believe that COVID, you have some real concerns and you, you should be a little worried. But you also, I, we, we have been commanded in Hebrews 10 to gather together. And there's an importance of gathering together. And so we want to also remember that. And so, hey, while you're watching online, it's a great way to stay connected. And it's awesome that we have this ability to stay connected through technology. But have a plan of when you think, you, hey, this is when I'll be back at grace and back at attending and worshiping and, and gathering with other brothers and sisters in Christ to worship God with them. And I know you might not have a date, but have a game plan of, of maybe the things that are going around in our world the, uh, with COVID and different things that you, here's when I'll be coming back. And until then, stay connected. And you're doing that right now through you watching, but you can stay connected through you giving. Through After our service today, call somebody up on the phone and, and ask them, hey, how are you doing? How can I pray with you? Call somebody and talk to them through the message. Talk about what you've learned, what you've been learning, or what how how you were impacted. 
You got the ability th through technology this week to go back and rewatch our service and, and use it as a unique opportunity to pause, take notes, or, and use it as a way to grow. It's a unique way. You also got a unique opportunity where you can gather your friends, your family, people who you feel comfortable allowing in your circle right now in this time and invite them to come in and watch the service with you as a way for you to make an impact, as a way for you to stay connected with people and grow spiritually. But for us, we also can be gathering this morning and we can still not be connected. We can be just getting in the routine of just attending. This is what we do on a Sunday. We just attend church and not be connected and engaged. Church is supposed to be us participating with what's going on. Us, us getting involved. And there's great ways for you to get involved. If you're, you don't, you're feeling that way. If you're feeling disconnected, there's great ways for you to get involved. We have adult classes on Sunday mornings. On Wednesday nights, we have adult classes. You can get your family involved at Grace. We have an incredible kids ministry, Grace Kids. We, we, I love our student ministry, obviously. And we work really hard in our student ministry to, to create an environment where your students can be connected with other people with other students, and they can discover truth, and they can decide on Jesus, and then we challenge them to demonstrate change and deploy for others. And by making an impact, not just in their schools, but at home as well. And then there's a way for us to get involved by serving, getting plugged in. That's what we need to do. Eh? You're feeling disconnected. Get plugged in. Get involved. Make the decision. Maybe it's, it's not going to be very comfortable. I don't want to go serving, Grace Kids. It's not going to be very fun. Serving, not necessarily, it's going to be great. You're getting involved. But hey, it's not about you and I. It's about seeing people discover truth. Right? And hopefully that they would make that decision, the best decision of their life, to put Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And the goal of us serving in different areas like that is, is us to help kids or students or whoever grow in their faith. And encourage them to make a difference and change their world that they're living in. Be the change that we hope to see in our world. That's where I think uh, together... We, the reason gathering is so important is because it can cause us, we, we can become like AirPods, I think. And what I mean is AirPods, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll explain this. AirPods, for some of you, you that don't know exactly what AirPods are, AirPods are Bluetooth wireless headphones. And so they're kind of unique. They have a little box that it comes with that, that charges them. There's a picture on kind of on the screen. And uh, they... They, you, what am I saying? Um, you grab an earbud and you throw it in. You, you could grab two, but you throw one in. The beauty of it, you throw one in. You start listening to podcasts or music or something. And, and then the battery starts draining, right? And then you get to do this kind of nice thing where you put it back into the battery compartment. And then you pull out the other one, right? And then you put this one in. And you can keep going. And you can just interchange them. It's great. 
And then with these, this version of AirPods, this, these are the AirPod Pros, and, and they have, they, there's something unique when you put them together. There's extra features that they come with, right? They, they have noise cancellation that comes with them when you put them, use them together. That without one, both of them, you don't get. So when you put them together, they get this noise cancellation, which is just, you, it really mutes the rest of, whatever else is going on in the world, it mutes it. It's kind of weird. It's a really strange feeling. But it also, it's not a great advice, um, advice, I guess. There's not, don't use the noise cancellation when your wife's trying to talk to you. It doesn't work. It's advice. But the reason I'm saying the church can be like, AirPods is because we, when we made the decision to follow Jesus, we have the source of life. We, we made the, the best decision we can make in our life, and we asked God to come into our life. We, we have everything we need in him, in Jesus. But what happens is as we start going around in our life and we, we go back to, we go to work, we made the, this decision to follow Jesus, and now we're working and, and we're pumped up about our walk with God. We're excited, we're thrilled, and and then slowly our our battery starts to drain, right? What what do we need to do when we started feeling drained? Get plugged back into the source. What's, What's something that will make you pumped up about Jesus? It's, it's, that's what, when you are, the thing that makes you excited about your faith is when you are getting plugged back, that's how you're getting plugged back into the source. And when we gather together, that's why God, God commands us to gather together because he knows there's something unique, something special that happens when Christians come together to prior, prioritize their week together and say, you know what, God, I want you at the center of my life. It's you going, okay, God, I'm going around. I have this crazy week. Thanksgiving wasn't exactly the way I wanted it to go. But I'm getting plugged back in where I'm getting re-energized to continue to to demonstrate change. That's how you demonstrate change. You constantly are going back to doing the things that has pumped you up about your faith in the first place. So we can't forsake. We cannot stop Gathering, like Hebrews 10 says, do not forsake gathering the assembly together. And it also says there that we, when we do, we should spur on one another. We should encourage one another, challenge one another. And it's because there's some things that we cannot do alone that we can do together, like encouraging, building each other up. When we, went, when we weren't meeting Right? It's hard to get pumped up sometimes. But when, when you see your brothers and sisters in Christ, you, you might know some of their story, and, and you, see, you see how God is working in their life, and, and they're coming alongside you in this journey of, and spiritually. You, it's easy to get pumped up about worshiping God together. Because when we're devoted to gathering, it means being devoted to each other, devoted to life together, to loving each other, supporting each other, encouraging one another as people of God. So it makes sense. 
that people who have decided on Jesus have that, that made that best decision they can make in their life. They, they through, and them wanting to demonstrate change, they, they start devoting themselves to gathering with each other. But not just gathering with each other, but also growth. Devoting themselves to growing together. Because every time we get together, what, what we can, are we doing on a Sunday morning? We are spending time right now in God's word. And the Bible says about itself that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce the deepest part of who we are. So as we sit and listen to God's word, or as we are spending time in God's word uh, outside of church and, and use in a time of like a personal devotional time, on our own, on our own time. We are able to, God is piercing the deepest part of who we are through his word, challenging us, wanting us to mold into what he's calling us to be or become, which is more like him. So what should we do? How, how can we grow? Well, we're obviously, we need to be taking in God's word. But I think we can, a way to say this is we should take in God's word like we, we take in food. Sometimes, you know what we do? We throw down food, right? We, like we did at Thanksgiving. We got, we craving, cramming out all the food we can get. We're, I was already hearing this morning, some people are, they're still full from Sunday, or Sunday, Thursday. But it's not just we're throwing down, but at some other times, you know what we do? We just get a snack. So what my daughter does, she just eats all day. It's nonstop. And then you know what we also we do sometimes? We just need a quick bite. So it's basically saying we are constantly filling ourselves up with God's word. We're constantly wanting to fill our life up with it because we're recognizing it's the source of life. We're understanding that as we're going and feeling drained, one of the ways to get re-energized, fill up our life, is God's word. So we get plugged back in through it. We spend time in it. We spend time prioritizing God's word. That's how we devote ourselves to growing together. That's what the early church did. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Right? And the problem with us can be that we, we just honestly don't obey God's word well enough. So when we don't gather, we aren't obeying God's word. When we don't, we won't see ourselves, we don't want to gather with other believers. We, we, we say we love God, don't like the church. It's us not obeying his word. So it's us not being able to grow because of that. And result of it. But as Christians who have truly made the decision to follow Jesus, we got to be devoted to each other, to gathering with each other. We got to be devoted to growing with one another. And the third thing we got to be devoted to is going with each other, right? Like it ends, that passage ends in, in, in chapter two. It says, praising God and having favor with all people. They were together praising God, worshiping God together. And then they were in favor, having, they had favor with everyone. Everybody liked them. And the Lord was adding their number day by day, those who were being saved. 
And I, I think it's really unique, right? Here in this, in this passage, they had favor with everyone. Which we're told in Scripture, Jesus tells us that the world will hate us because of the fact that we love him. So it's, it's kind of, there's an unrealistic expectation that we can be in favor with everybody. But the, also Scripture says, at all means, have peace with, try to have peace with everyone. See, as Christians, we, in the early church, I think they understood this. They weren't about just trying to win arguments. They were about helping people discover truth. See, sometimes when we jump on and we use it as a, on like social media, we try to go, I'm going to help others discover truth. And so we start this long, ongoing argument that doesn't honestly help anyone discover truth because it's not done with love also. It's good, yeah, you're saying something that's truthful, but it's not done with love. And so when you're doing that, you're, you're just discouraging others from wanting to hear truth. You're pushing people away from Jesus at times when we do that. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful that when we are trying to have those conversations, we're trying to honestly help people discover truth, and we're doing that with love. We're caring about them. See, the early church was about that. They're about loving other people. They were demonstrating that, right? What were they doing? They would see someone in need in their community, and they would sell their possessions, and they would go. They would go together and say, you know what? We need to help them. So they would go together and help someone in need. That's why, the, that's why people in that time frame, they loved them. They, they were in favor of Christians, even though around them it was completely illegal at the same time. They loved them because they were about demonstrating the change that has happened in their life. They were about God was at work in their life. So they devoted themselves to each other so that they can constantly be building each other up. It's iron sharpens iron. And through that, they grew as a church. Because they were growing and they were gathering, they were encouraged to then go and impact their world. And it says at the end, they were at, God was adding to their number every single day. I think they, they know that. They, they, they were, they're having this motivation just to, just to gather and grow and go because of the fact they also knew the promise Jesus made. That when we are devoted to him and we're allowing him to work in our lives so we're devoted to those three things, that there's nothing that can stop and prevail over the church. Even through the worst times, there's nothing that's going to stop it And so they kept going. But you know what slows down churches? What slows churches down is the fact that when they stop gathering, and when they stop gathering, they stop seeing growth happen. It doesn't happen. And they stop filling their life up with God's word. 
They stop seeking his truth. And when they stop gathering and stop growing, then they stop losing. They, they have no motivation to see their world impacted, so they stop going. But that's not what we want to be as, that, that's not who we want to be as grace. As a church, we want to be people who we have been changed by Jesus. We have recognized what he has done for us, and we've asked him to come into our life. And because of that, we are devoted to each other. We're devoted to gathering with one another. And we're devoted to growing together. And we're devoted to going together. There's one other thing that the church did. When they gathered together, they would periodically take part of communion together. Because they recognized that when they do that, that is a, what communion is, is then us recognizing and remembering what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So it's slowing down. It's getting plugged back into the source. To remember what he has done, that which re-energizes us to go, to grow, and to gather. Pastor Kevin, he's going to come out and lead us actually in this time of communion together. Um, but right now as he comes out, let's, let me just lead us in prayer. Dear and Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity this morning to come and worship you and learn more about you, Lord. And Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity again to gather together. And Lord, help us not to take that for granted. And, and Lord, help us as a church to continue to grow because your word is active in our life, Lord. It's changing us. And Lord, then help us to, as a church to go and impact our community, our world, Lord. Because we have been changed by you. And Lord, we love you so much. We praise you in your name. Amen.